final segment. Time to get into some listener questions. As we mentioned uh, in the prior segment, if you have questions of your own, feel free to reach out to us. You can call us at 770-429-9166 if you need personal help. If you want to submit a question, you can actually leave a voicemail with your question. We'll play it on our next show. That question hotline number is one 855 429-9166 or if you prefer just to email in your question again you can email us at drgene at hensler.com so I mentioned the audio questions guys where a listener can call in and leave a voicemail that's actually the first question we have so we'll go ahead and play that and then uh, answer it as best as we can Hi, my name is Bill. I'm in Alpharetta, and I have a question about something I saw on the Kiplinger website. The title of the article is What You Need to Know About Social Security in a Pandemic and Recession. And in that article, there are statements like, if you are an average earner who will wait to claim Social Security until full retirement age, your benefits will be reduced by about $2,500 a year. And then in the next paragraph, it says, even a Prior to COVID, Social Security is facing funding problems and so forth and so on. It says this is what happens when Social Security is short. Um, I've never heard of this before. Is there a formula by which they determine the amount by which they're going to cut Social Security uh, payments? Or how do they come up with a $2,500 figure? And um, more generally, how are, um, how are reductions calculated if um, Social Security starts to run out of money? Thank you very much. All right. So just in, in short, uh, listener read an article about uh, what you need to know about Social Security in the pandemic and recession. Kind of mentioned if you're an average earner who wait to claim Social Security until full retirement age, your benefits will be reduced by about $2,500. Uh, even prior to COVID, uh, Social Security, as we all know, uh, there's a shortfall. So um, how does he come up with, you know, how much is going to be cut by and how did they come up with the number they mentioned? Yeah, and this is this is an interesting question, um, and you kind of have to start with knowing how Social Security is calculated to begin with, which is they effectively take your first 35 uh, or your your highest 35 years of earnings, and they average those together, and then Social Security replaces 90% of the first $960 in average monthly earnings, 32% of the between $960 and $5,785. And then 15% of earnings above that. Uh, and what Social Security does is they index those earnings, those average earnings, to a national average, which is not not taken into consideration until the year the worker turns 60. So if you turn 60 in 2020, obviously we've, we're in the middle of a pandemic. The national average earnings is potentially going to be lower, lower. which is going to drag your your, the, the indexing of your earnings, even if your earnings weren't reduced because of the pandemic uh, or they the recession, now. whatever, the, the Social Future Security ones. may potentially be lower because of that. Um, they went through some calculations. It's a little bit complicated how they arrived at the 2,500 number. Uh, that seems like it might be a little bit high, um, but you know it, it all depends on kind of how much your average earnings are relative to the national average. Um, but in effect... I mean, that's it's not wrong. There could be some things that, uh, you know, Congress or, or the administration comes in and, and does some, uh, some things to try to mitigate that or, or maybe push it, say, for instance, maybe only taking the first quarter of earnings into consideration for this year or something to that effect. There was a, a, an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal 
where the author was recommending indexing not to the average national earnings, but to inflation or some other measure that would be a little more stable and, and not subject to, to drop, um, you know, like like average earnings. So that's kind of where that's coming from. I mean, as far as funding of Social Security, we all know that's an issue. That is something that's been debated in uh, in the debates as well as, you know, just in on the campaign trail, what they're going to do. Obviously, President Trump would like to uh, see the payroll tax uh, go away effectively. He's already kind of suspended it for 2020. Um, if that takes effect, that's going to have a dramatic impact on funding Social Security. My guess is they'll figure out a way to, <laughs> to fix it. Uh, I, I can't imagine at least anytime soon that they're going to allow the uh, Social Security benefit to to go away, um, whether that's more stimulus or printing money or what have you, you know, I wouldn't be terribly concerned about that, but it is going to be an issue at some point as the, uh, amount of, of money in the coffers for social security is depleted. The younger generations for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I could, I could a hundred percent see them making a change for, you know, those who are born after whatever date. Um, but I feel like if you're within, you know, 10 or 15 years of taking your benefit, you're probably safe. Yeah. All right. Um, our next question, uh, more for you and I, Jacob, research related. Aaron from Kennesaw writes in, is it too late to buy Anthem stock? I was dollar cost averaging money in, but started in June around its last high. I get I'm capturing the lows, but I'm wondering if I should start directing my money into different healthcare stocks. Well, with Anthem, uh, I mean, valuation wise, we're looking at probably a six year low relative to earnings. It looks like they're going to be able to deliver on earnings growth in what seems like a, a conservative target for 2020, sure. 16%, looking into the next couple of years, you're getting uh, low teens growth. So to get something at you know roughly 12 times earnings that's going to deliver that amount of growth is pretty, pretty attractive. attractive. Yeah, and, and then and if you look if, if you look at sort of how the fundamentals are shaking out, yes, they're, they're paying more out for coronavirus, but also people are foregoing um, other procedures. So there's uh, less uh, reimbursement on that. Um, they have suffered from some job losses or furloughs on the commercial side, but they're uniquely positioned to capture more Medicare spending as people retire. And they're also one of the the uh, dominant players in Medicaid as well. So I, I think looking at the stock, it, it still looks attractive. I, I wouldn't shy away, especially given where the market sits valuation-wise. There's a lot worse places you could go with your money. Agreed. And you compare it just to some other uh, health insurers, like you look at UNH, United Healthcare. It trades upwards of 18 times earnings, so it trades at a pretty significant discount. Um, and and Anthem's really in, in the healthcare space, best in class. You know, they're number probably two, uh, one or two in share in their 13 markets. So. Um, yeah, I kind of side with you there. Yeah, for the, for those of you out there listening, they're like, what is Anthem? Blue it's Cross, Blue, Blue Cross. Shield. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, so you're familiar. Great. All right, next question. And this, this probably will wind us down here, guys, because we can get into it here. Patrick from Roswell. Now that it's the fourth quarter, is there anything I should be doing to get ready for next year? I remember my dad sitting down with the finances and investments every year before the holiday season. He used this time of year to make adjustments. Now that I'm an adult... I'd like to develop the same good habits, but honestly, I have no idea what he tinkered with. And it kind of, it, in, in in some way, it goes back to what we discussed earlier with trying to make your 
whether or not you're trying to forecast what happens with the election, start thinking about the end of the year, the year ahead, the decisions you need to be making, whether that's from an investment standpoint, a planning standpoint, a tax standpoint, you know, it's all interrelated. So maybe you start, you know, harvesting some of your tax loss, you know, harvesting some of your losses for tax purposes. If you have some stocks that are down, maybe you own a bunch of energy stocks. We know energy's gotten crushed this year. Uh, you can offset some of those high flyers you've had um, if you're taking gains in those. Uh, great time to rebalance your portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. These are things that can be done regardless of the outcome of the election and should be done, you know, just to look at where you stand, how things have done this year. Um, you know, taking some, some of your losses off the table, even if you don't have gains to offset, you know, those losses, at least presumably can be carried forward into right. the future, uh, and used to offset future capital gains. So that's not, and you can offset $3,000 of ordinary income with losses this year. So why not do that? Um, you know, put yourself in a better tax position by doing so rebalancing your portfolio. We've talked about a lot looking at maybe converting to Roth. You know, this is a year where mandatory withdrawals were suspended. If you didn't take a mandatory withdrawal, uh, or if you have a IRA full of energy stocks that have gotten hammered this year, maybe you can move those over to a Roth and, and, uh, go ahead and, and take advantage when the market corrects or with the, when those energy stocks come back, you, you'll be, get that growth at a, uh, you would have already paid the tax. So, yeah. um, you Great can idea. just kind of push some of that into, uh, into an after tax yeah, or I, yeah i don't think there's been a more important year to rebalance than this year yeah. so if you're taking in into year losses you're gonna have gains you're gonna have gains i mean tech tech itself is up 30 percent this year most folks are gonna own an apple amazon uh, these sorts of stocks they're up massive this year and i think it's a good time to take those gains and you're gonna have losses to offset as well i mean like you mentioned energy is down 45 percent this year financials down 15 percent sell some tech, buy some yeah. banks. You might be able some... to rebalance, put yourself in a better, more diversified position yeah. and not pay much tax on it. So why not do that? Things to be thinking about for the year end. Well, guys, uh, been a great show. I think it's going to be another crazy week next week. Up or down, though? I mean, he's healed. We're he ripping. is healed. He has risen. higher, Casey. <laughs> Let's go up. Mark it up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.